to getting anxious and anticipating my latest podcast. How to succeed as a dentist and entrepreneur. Be good and hire good, period. So before he opened his restaurant, Pater spent many years working as a cook. He was perfecting the craft of running the kitchen. He fed his mind recipe books and devoured the words of his mentors. Several years were spent mastering the recipes that had been meticulously confected. Pater could perfectly sear a steak and flawlessly steam fresh vegetables. Simple spices were artisanal in his commanding hands. Pitter maneuvered a knife with such great skill and plated foods that could satiate the hungriest eyes. Even as he mastered his skills, Pater decided to take his career to new levels. He was continually improving, experimenting with recipes, and boldly flavoring meals and recipes that had never been ever dreamt of. The executive chef learned that you could eat with your eyes first, and the value of the meal had much to do with the presentation and the customer experience. Master Chef Peter grew to be a very skilled and creative man, bringing together the lessons of life. He learned from his own failures and his own imagination. He created a menu of delectable, uh, delectable everyday food, a hamburger, fries, and shakes. The same kind of foods you can get anywhere, but the difference was Master Chef Peter. Other people were using frozen patties and they kept trying to find ways to reduce their costs. They could not recreate the experience that Master Chef Petter was creating. He could create a premium product with the freshest ingredients. So skill and sincerity are the most important ingredients of success that I find. Petter's skill was his creativity. He could create a meal that would blow people away and he knew it. And if you wanted to discuss culinary matters with him, he'd make sure that you knew how good he was. Becoming a master at anything means that you need to have confidence in your skills. Confidence doesn't always translate well with other business skills either. And the masters of their craft are not necessarily masters of all trades. Just because you're a good chef doesn't mean you can open a restaurant and be successful. But Peter was a smart man. He knew he needed help to open his business. He could create incredible products, incredible meals, but running a business was not his skill set. Recognizing this weakness actually was a skill. He knew that if he was going to open a restaurant, he needed the right people. So he set out to meet people that could help him. He was an entrepreneur and he was uh, an inventor, a creator, and he was ready to open his doors to success. So he consulted the masters of business and they helped guide his opening, helped him design a facility that matched his incredible skill and, and, and find his potential demographic. So they helped him uh, to find the right end people and uh, incredible team members who understood the meals. They appreciated the effort and skill and could convey the experience to the patrons. The first and foremost focus of the business was the experience for the patrons. Pater never considered this, but his business partners did. No matter how incredible the meals and the talent in the back, without the front end experience being perfected, it wouldn't matter. 
Patrons had to be able to get a table in a reasonable amount of time. Customers needed to feel wanted, appreciated, respected. They had to be seated quickly and with appreciation, served by knowledgeable team members, members who not only understood the recipes, but could properly illustrate the taste. They had fully participated in that creation and the overall experience. Because even if the meal was incredible and perfect, if the experience sucked, the patrons would never come back. They would actually probably go and post reviews that would cost the business a lot of opportunity. And it's so important to understand this part of the business. Pater in, uh, created incredible recipes and taught others how to reproduce his product. And more importantly, his business manager and his consultant taught the business how to reproduce that product efficiently and profitably. The business manager and the consultant put into place systems for Pater to create his product with minimal labor and maximum taste. They used the freshest buns baked in their own ovens. The hamburger was fresh from the butcher every day. The fries were cut from fresh potatoes, all supplied by local farms. The word on the street helped to build this business and very little marketing was necessary. The food was quite simply delicious, predictable, and the service was outstanding and the prices were fair. So when you go out and eat, what do you expect and look for? Sometimes it's just a matter of convenience, but at the end of it all, we want simple but outstanding meals. We want a good service without lineups, a reasonable, a reasonable price for what we get. No different for any business. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Dentistry is about being sincere first, skillful second, and having the right team as an entrepreneur if you're going to open your own business. So the challenge that I see in this industry is to reteach the value of the most minimal yet most impactful ingredient to a clinic's success. The skill and the ingredients behind that skill. So you might be a chef in the operatory, but if your sous chef never preps properly, it's hard to be efficient and profitable. And you may even have to redo some of that sous chef. But using your skills and trying to create a masterpiece with compromised ingredients takes a lot of skill. For all the years that I've worked as a dental sales guy, I've continued to master my own skills. I've got 73,000 hours or more than that in this business, and I've observed and learned from all the failures of the bad materials and the bad techniques. With the ultimate blame for the business overhead placed squarely on supply costs, the ingredients for the very meals that are meant to provide the superior experience. And I'm thinking supplies should be a small percentage of the procedure. If it's 6%, 8%, 4%, that could be a difference in success and outcome and the experience for your patrons. So it's most important to understand the efficiency and that the taste matters. It's the experience for your patient. When I get asked to get overhead down to 5%, I actually like to consult. So I ask what the customer's actually expect, expecting. What procedures do you perform? What's the price of uh, 
What's the price of the hamburger at your restaurant? And what's the quality of ingredients that you want? What's the taste? What's the net result? So if you're a dentist practicing, do you actually know the cost of your procedures, how skillful you are at them, how quickly you can perform them? What is your actual cost? Your cost of materials and your cost of labor. Sometimes it doesn't pay to have a certain procedure in your practice and you're better to put them out the door. Perhaps it's molar endos. At the same time, I challenge you to provide those services like molar endos and become skillful at molar endos because there's several opportunities a month if you can master that skill and even better if you can get efficient at it by using materials and techniques that make you better at it so that the experience for your patients is incredible. And they're not going to run out the door uh, talking about your incredible skills at endo Think about the marketing aspect and what services you need to provide to your market and maybe you need a business consultant to help you realize that. Somebody who cares about your business so that you can end up being successful with your skill levels. So it might be that your overhead is 6% on your supplies, but you are cranking the production out the door and you have long lineups because of your skill level. In reverse, maybe you can get the 4%, but maybe you're buying, that guy's buying the outdated but still drinkable milk. Maybe you're compromising the quality of the cotton roll that actually sucks up the spit at the end of the day and provides you that nice dry environment. Maybe you forgot to use a rubber dam because it saves you a buck. So maybe the compromise of the procedures isn't worth the end result. At first, it might work and your supply costs go down. In the long run, the most important aspect is actually your skill level and the quality of the outcome. You are 4% or 6%. It will not make a dramatic difference to your end result other than uh, predictability. So the problem with overhead at most offices in the hundreds of offices uh, I've consulted, it's rarely an issue with supply costs. It doesn't mean you can be a moron about the supplies. You have to be educated and understand what you are getting and what the results are. Think of a treatment plan. Often the best and longest lasting results can appear to be the most expensive. Yet you know if a patient takes the more expensive treatment, they enjoy many more years trouble-free. So technically, the most expensive treatment is actually the least expensive treatment because it lasts the longest. The only way to provide this more predictive outcome sometimes is with more expensive chair time and procedure time. It costs more to get a good result up front. And it's not different than the supplies you're using. So knowledge is king, but you can't just think at the same time that if you use the most expensive product that you're guaranteed to get a better result. This still comes down to your skill level. So... Instead of focusing on your supply costs, talk to your consultants about what results you will see from the supply costs. Not just the cheapest, but the best. Get better at your own skill level and be good. Hire good and learn how to win because skill is everything. If you master your skills and you hire the right team, you will reap the rewards.